Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. We are back with episode two of season one of Breaking Bad. The Cats on the Bag first came out on the 27th of January 2008. It was directed by Adam Bernstein. Um, and this is a great second episode to follow up on our, our pilot episode. My name's Nick, and what's up, the Arch? And my name is Ben, and yo, 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 one, four, eight, to the three, to the six, to the nine, representing the ABQ. What up, biatch? Leave it at the tone. <laughs> kind of was yeah. my line, but at the same time, I thought I'd extend it. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of got to add it in, really, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I just want that as my message tone. Like, I, I don't know how that would... I mean, how many people would have this as their message tone, no doubt, after watching this episode, but uh, yes. Yeah, there probably would have been uh, quite a few, especially back in the day. Yep, yep. I, I reckon that like that was still at the point where people were downloading MP3s and having them as an actual. Like they probably would have had the actual. Yeah, yeah. You know, downloaded it from Breaking Bad. So yeah. I mean, I, yep. I'll be honest. My message tone on my phone for a text message is the dun dun from Law and Order, and I don't even watch Law and Order. <laughs> I just like the sound. It's just good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty noticeable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, this episode, like, um. Like I said, it's a good follow-up to to the second one and it, to the first one, and it kind of just flows nicely into it. Um, one of the things I did think I'd do is, um, as I mentioned in the last episode, I've got this great book, which is kind of like Inside Breaking Bad, the official book, and um, it's got this really cool little section, which is like breaking down the episode titles. Um, and I don't think I'm going to do it for every single episode because we really don't need to go into that level of detail. But sometimes when it's interesting, I might. And obviously, this is kind of like a two-parter. So you know, episode three is and the bags in the river. So hmm. the it's kind of like a, a two-parter but um this one's kind of talking about both episodes the cats in the bag and the bags in the river take the collective title from a 1957 film the sweet smell of success oh. the film features a powerful newspaper columnist in new york who has a sight set on preventing his sister from marrying a jazz musician the quote itself was used in the film as one character reassures the columnist that he is handling the dirty deed and everything is under control. Episodes 101 and 102 uh, about the unexpected difficulties Walt and Jesse encounter while trying to clean up the mess they've made. So kind of feels like it's fitting. So there's lots of these kind of like deep, really deep cut references that, um, that Vince Gilligan just loves, you know, right throughout this whole thing. So um, some of them are obvious, you know, like these these um, titles of, of um, episodes and in season two will kind of get into like the hidden messages that are in some of the titles um which is something vince gilligan loves to play on not just in breaking bad but in um, better call saul as well um but yeah it's it's just interesting that there's there's often a, a, a quite a deep meaning behind some of these um these titles which i think that it could be interesting to learn more about it because like you know, in Nip Tuck, we just had the the bloody um, patient's name. Like, there was nothing to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 
And yeah, it's kind of I, I like it because some of the, some very unique titles in in better uh, well, better call soul, but also Breaking Bad. So no, I'm glad you you splurged on that book, Nick. You were quite excited when you got that book. I remember. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. I, I I probably paid almost as much as I did for um whoever the poor poor sucker was that had to trade in their Breaking Bad um mint tin collection of Breaking Bad on DVDs that they had to actually. Um, you can kind of see it. I'm kind of showing it up to you, but you kind of can't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like it's like this, you know, this collector's edition tin of Breaking Bad that I've actually got the Blu-rays on and it's really, really cool. But I probably paid more for the book if we've been honest. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even own Breaking Bad on DVD or Blu-ray. I may have it on my computer. Um, but uh, <laughs> I actually don't think I've ever owned Breaking Bad. Like it's always been something that I've just had on my computer. So um, yeah, or just watched on Netflix. Shame to admit I've never owned it, but I would buy it. <laughs> If I bought well, it, it is one of those ones I tend to like. If there's something I really like, I'll tend to buy it. Um, yeah. And and I literally walk past the shop and was like, that is too good of a deal to turn down. Walk straight in and bought it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I even have my Breaking Bad socks on tonight. Believe it or not. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I bought yeah. a Breaking Bad T-shirt when I was with you. I don't know if you remember that when we went to that great TV uh, T-shirt oh, store. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, I, and I bought a Heisenberg yep. shirt, which I don't know yep. what happened to that. I don't know. Mm, okay. Yeah. But yeah. I love that shop. That shop. That was a great shop. It is. It's still there. Yeah, it's a good shop. But anyway, um, pro- people probably don't care too much about our fashion and probably want us <laughs> to talk about Breaking Bad, which is fair enough. Probably works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do love that. Um, one of the things I do like when we're kind of watching these is, you know, like um, when we're talking about them, I often have the episode kind of playing in the background, um, you know, just so like I can kind of, when we're talking about a scene, I can kind of stop on something or, you know, like look at it as we're talking about it. And, um, you know, when we're talking about it, I quite like to have the uh, um, subtitles on. And of course, the you know, this scene, this episode picks up exactly where episode one left off, which was the sex scene. And so like the very first subtitle on here is, you know, in brackets, moaning and panting. So that's exactly <laughs> where we're kind of leaving off. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I do love it. They kind of just pick up exactly where this thing left off. And um, yeah, it was obviously a, a pretty good session. These two both enjoying it, but uh, you know, Walt, Walt's coughing straight away. Um, so, you know, like there is, there's some side effects there from him, uh, going a bit too hard you might say yep literally um you know and one thing i don't understand though is like he what passes out here in the bathroom and then skylar's like checking in him on the next morning now again like not trying to defend the the nature of naggy skylar but i'm actually a bit surprised she didn't like you know why did she wait till the morning like did she just was she just so satisfied that she passed out and then woke up and realized he'd been because like surely you'd be drifting off and going well he's been in there for a while like you know Walt, are you okay like not nah, next morning how you doing in there honey yeah 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 it's um one of those those little inconsistencies i suppose you could say um yeah but uh you know like it what, what i really like about this is that um we move into this next scene and it's kind of like the 12 hours earlier type of thing um, um, and we're back to the Tahajali spot that um, that we kind of left this RV at in the last episode and we didn't really know what had happened because, you know, the next thing we saw was Walt coming home. So um, we're kind of back to where we were. Um, and, you know, kind of explaining that the, the RV has, um, you know, 
kind of kind of crash there and, and it kind of follows them up and i love that you kind of see even like what like picking up the camcorder and picking up the you know um the wallet and all that kind of stuff and um then they have to get somebody out to come and tow this rv out um and like so i'm guessing this is i think this is supposed to be on like an indian reservation or something like that um because um the, obviously a native american guy who kind of tows them out um yeah and one of these things that is quite interesting here is that we start to get into the whole thing of Walt being a liar, you know, and like one of the things that, um, again, going back to my book is that there's this little Vince Gilligan's kind of asked to give a one kind of summary, one page, one um, sentence summary of each of the characters. And the thing he says about Walt is that like, he's a good cook, but he's an even better liar. <laughs> you know, like the thing that he's really good at is lying. And um, you can kind of see the formation this here of like, he tells this really elaborate story of how they ended up crashing. And like, nobody actually really cares, but I think he feels like he needs to kind of sell the story really, really well. It reminds me, I've been watching a lot of Ricky Gervais lately, and um, he tells this story in one of his stand-ups about, I think he had a brother or a friend who worked in an emergency room and would talk about, like, the elaborate stories people would tell, like, if they got something caught up their ass. Oh, yeah, and he, yeah, I know the one you mean. And there yeah, was a sauce yeah, bottle yeah. one. Like, so this just yeah, reminds me yeah. of the sauce bottle story that he yeah, tells. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's it's funny. Can I just point out one really quick thing that we forgot to mention last episode? One of my favourite lines is when Jesse, like, you talk about this land they're on. Jesse's, like, surveying the, the scenery. Like, oh, there's nothing here by, and he starts talking about the cows. And it's like, and there's a cow house over there. Like oh, a cow yeah, house, yeah. You know, where the cows live. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, this is like native Indian sort of land with a cow house on it. Um, but I love the reaction of this guy who's just like staring at Walt and then basically gives him this money and like, you know, just gives him a couple of bundles of cash, um, which, because that was the money, what that crazy eight and Emilio gave them, right? That In that yeah. bag when they first showed up. Um, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of move on to like they get back into the RV and there's these two bodies kind of just like covered up. Um, and I think they assume that they're both dead at this point, um, you know, and then they're going to, you know, they've got to do something. So they kind of get in and, you know, don't flood the engine, don't flood the engine, as Jesse's telling them. And, and, um, what floods the engine and we kind of get this kind of back and forth about what they're going to do about you know kind of and then eventually they kind of get the whole thing going um but i think it's just kind of like building layers on this relationship of these two they've got this very kind of fractious relationship and and find it hard to um you know to communicate without screaming at each other especially in these early episodes but um yeah i mean it just it's just one of those other things that kind of just builds up really really nicely um and i guess one of the things that we um kind of get here as well as we get this this little shot just as we kind of go into the credits of um the mask that they've kind of left behind which mm. right back in the very first scene of the pilot episode you kind of see walt kind of throw it off um you know like in kind of rage or despair or whatever and kind of throws it um and this is kind of it catches up the other end that you see this and this is obviously going to be a bit of a plot point as we go forwards yeah and it's it's i think what it does really well too is that you know you kind of this relationship between the two and kind of it's all sold on you know walt knows the chemistry and and jesse knows the business and kind of you know match made in heaven but like i think you kind of said it about how things turn downhill really quickly and kind of you know they're not in control of the situation and we get everything here with the fact that you know they're basically killed you know accidentally or deliberately whatever but then you know they're leaving a mask behind and all of a sudden they think this guy's dead but he's not dead and this is going to cause a problem over the next couple of episodes and it kind of and again goes back to what we were saying last episode about kind of that 
that realism and kind of just entering this world because, you know, not that I've done anything like this, but I can assume that if I'm going to do something like you, every person who's been a criminal and done crime, like has gone like, oh, I'm going to get away with this. I know what's going to happen. They don't counter for all the possibilities that can happen. And, you know, Walt's not counted for the possibilities that in this world of drugs that these are the type of people they have to deal with and all of a sudden you're going to have to deal with the ramifications. So, mm. you know, little things happen, but then they have big consequences. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's just that whole thing of like, we talked about last episode of this thing being about change. And, you know, at the start, you've kind of got to show these two as being inept idiots who actually don't really understand what they're doing and the consequences of what they're doing. And, you know, they make mistakes that are that are going to cost them. Um, but those mistakes, the small mistakes kind of disappear over time, but the large mistakes start to become even larger as time goes on. And that's just one of those things about how things change throughout the course of this whole series, I suppose. Um, yeah. And so we kind of go into the credits. Um, we come out of the credits and Walt's naked in the bathroom. He's collapsed at some point, which we kind of talked about just before <laughs> and Skylar didn't seem to care. She's, he'd obviously done such a good job. He checked her into <laughs> unconsciousness or something. Well, I don't really know. We get this really kind of weird, kind of um small talk kind of scene you know another bath uh, another bathroom another breakfast scene i should say these guys eat very well for breakfast i must say like having pancakes it is american i will say this i mean um, this i mean i'm not in america i'm in canada but it is a thing even in canada that like the big breakfasts are a thing and like right. having spent plenty of time in the states i've definitely been in these situations where it's like massive breakfast and you're like dude i just woke up like, like yeah whoa what's going on here yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it was bacon and eggs last time. Well, fake, fake bacon. Um, and now it's pancakes. So they definitely have got the, the, you know, best meal of the day thing sorted, most important meal of the day, whatever you want to say. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, they, they're sitting at the, at, at the breakfast table having breakfast and and jesse calls and um, <laughs> has to pretend it's like the sales call and i think you know what does quite a, a a reasonable job i would say i don't know i mean i you know i don't think skylar's buying it for a minute really but um yeah i think it's i think he does the best job he can well maybe skylar is buying it i don't know if like it, yeah well, maybe she does I'm do star to re- 69 to to get the number back because she's a bit concerned so I don't yeah think she fully yeah buys it yeah 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 um yeah so i mean it's just kind of setting up where we're going to go on this thing that you know crazy Eight's not dead um yeah and so this is kind of just setting us setting us up for what this episode is going to be all about really and, and yeah jesse's iconic um answering machine um but and also like i think because there's a scene when when walt's like kind of like no my long service carry is fine and then she kind of uh, he kind of like snaps at one point and he's like you know will you calm down and i think kind of skylar sees it so um Yes, De- detective style of this episode, though, like she's you know full detective mode, isn't she? Yeah, well, I think so. And we, this is, I think this is where people start to get a little bit annoyed by her, right? Is that they just want they want this plot to kind of carry on, um, and she kind of gets in the way of doing that stuff. Um, and yeah, so I guess that's probably the, the kind of the very start of this kind of hate for Kyla, for Kyla, for Skylar that some people will have. Um, yeah, so it's. As, as we talked about last episode, it's not really something that you and I really have a big feel for, but I can see this might be where some people are starting to get it from, perhaps. Yeah, and again, like, I get it. You're rooting for Walter, and she's kind of like a foil to his plans. I, I understand it. But, like, I, again, I just, as I said last week, I kind of look at it from a maybe I do connect with this woman because I'm I'm a bit like this, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but at the same time, it's also like, 
she's got every reason to be doing this. Like her husband is acting weird. Um, yeah. So I think she's got every right to star 69 a call. And, and then that only adds to it. Like if you've got, you know, yo, 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 bitch. Like, like what the fuck is my husband doing ringing this? Like what? Like you would be questioning this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we've got another scene at, at school where Walt's teaching. And um, again, I think this is kind of like just really layering on this, some of the themes of the show. We're talking about mirror imaging, you know, and I think that kind of really gets to, you know, Walt having these kind of dual personalities that he's kind of, you know, we're going to get into second cell phones and things like that as the show goes on. But I think this is just like quite a cool scene to kind of set up. And I hadn't really noticed this before last time so much that um, maybe we need to keep an eye on some of these school scenes. Are they trying to tell us more? about the themes of the show or is this just a coincidence that the first two kind of do this straight away that they're kind of telling us a, a key part of who Walt is never really thought about it that much so we can keep an eye on it I, I do love this is it Ben again the same kid from last week where it's like is this going to be on the murder and I'm sorry the what is it going to be on the midterm <laughs> like, I do like that like, also dumb, dumb answer by teachers like if a kid asks is this going to be in the midterm always say you yes because yes. yeah. if you say no no one's going to pay attention to what you're forget telling. about it. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, the, the next bit is that we see Walt stealing the hydrofluoric acid from um, the storeroom, which is obviously going to be a big part of the show. Um, it was really interesting. Um, I kind of talked to you a little bit um, before we were recording about um, trying to track down the Mythbusters episode where they mm. kind of go into some of the, the stuff around Breaking Bad. And I didn't find all of it, but I did find a, a clip on YouTube where they actually did the bit about, you know, dissolving a body in hydrofluoric acid, which was quite interesting. Is um, it true? So, like, can you do it? Uh, no, no, you can't. Um, Damn so it, I can't kinda, murder anyone now. So. No, they did um, sulfuric acid with this kind of speci other special compound that they had, which um, did a pretty good job of kind of dissolving a body, but it didn't dissolve the bathtub or anything like that either. But it's quite cool, like seeing all the smoke that came off it and stuff like that. It was, uh, yeah, pretty pretty gross, like, you know, like kind of similar to what we're going to see here. What body did they use? Did they get a cadaver oh, like or...? A like a like a pig, I think. Oh, okay. um, right. It's normally what they have to use when they're trying to uh, recreate. You know, we've just being killed, killed Jimmy or... from the local supermarket. <laughs> yeah. He volunteered yeah. to die for Mythbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we head back to Jesse's house, and um, you know, um, I'd kind of forgotten how much of uh, you know jesse's house is a big part of this kind of first season really like mm. um you know obviously second season he's going to have a different location and that's going to be quite a big part of it but um you know this first this first season it's going to be a lot's going to happen in jesse's house and you know like he's trying to cover up this this black eye that he's got and um sees that the doors open on the rv outside and basically crazy eight has escaped <laughs> um you know which is which is not good um and i do, I do love the scene where like walt kind of you know finds him kind of like walking down the <laughs> <laughs> little road, I think it's so good. It's like walk, like the Walking Dead type of thing. But you know, we would be remiss as a as a podcast that kind of has its roots in um, Survivor, not to mention the car type that we've got here, which is the Pontiac Aztec, which is what Colby won in the Australian Outback, um, like world's ugliest car. I was going to um, ask about like this is a, I thought it was a Prius, but fuck, it's it's ugly. Yep. 
Yeah, it's the Pontiac Aztec. So this is the one that you can turn. This is the one where Colby camped of out with course. his mum in the back of the. Yeah, so it turns into like a partial tent or something at the back. It is like the world's ugliest car, and I just I love like you know we talked about the RV in the last episode being like you know this really important vehicle um, on the show, but like the 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 Pontiac Aztec is another one that just like um, you know later on it becomes like a really key part of the show as well. And like I, I always do laugh when you've got this really dramatic scene on the show, and it's kind of the tension's kind of cut by the just the ridiculousness of the car that he's driving Which and i'm always, not a car guy it's just it's just such a crazy stupid car really well i mean this is the thing that always dates shows isn't it now like you can have the most <laughs> perfect show but then you've got a, an ugly car or a phone it's always the phone or the cars that you're watching and all of a sudden you're taken away from it so um yeah i like i just assumed this was a prius but i think mallory watching this was like no i think this was a bit too early for a, for a prius um well, I do love because like their other car is kind of like this this kind of like mismatched kind of um, station wagon type thing, mm. which looks like the Simpsons car, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I just, like the vehicles on the show are really interesting and they, they've done a really good job with the vehicle. And like, as I said, I am not a car person at all. It's not something that I generally worry about. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a Fast and Furious movie. Like I'm not a car guy. You're but not missing out I, much. <laughs> I saw the second like, one, that's enough. Right. But, you know, like I think, um, you know, cars is, is like there's so many different kind of vehicles and stuff that are like quite an important part of the show. So, um, yeah, I just it's it's quite cool. I do like the car. Um, but, yeah, anyway, like I do think this is quite a comedic scene where he kind of comes around the corner and he's coming to Jesse's house and just sees like Crazy Eight stumbling down the middle of the road and he kind of like drives up next to him and Crazy Eight starts sprinting off and then like sprints <laughs> into, into a tree. tree. <laughs> like it is just so good. Like it. And this is what I think is so good about the show is like people think about it as being like this really really dramatic serious show with lots of tension but the comedy in it i think is is really good yeah i mean it reminds me of um fuck i can't really say who the character is that i'm thinking of without giving away what happens but the is it ted is that his name when he trips on the carpet yes yeah yeah okay yeah. it reminds me of that in a way but um yeah, like it just runs in through doink and then like falls down. and then It's very like, kind of like Looney Tunes or something, isn't it? Like yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. No one in the neighborhood, though, just happens to see this like zombified kid walking down the street. Everyone's out that afternoon, clearly. <laughs> and I do like that is one of the things that we're kind of going to get to later on in this season is like you know whenever there's something like dastardly going on inside jesse's house you often see the like the exterior of the neighborhood and there's like those two old ladies that are like power walking around the yeah. streets and stuff like <laughs> and the sprinklers are on and yeah like i always do i always do really enjoy that i think it's it's really funny um but yeah and then you know obviously we get this whole thing of like um you know walt brings the bring you know the body it's not a body it's um an, an unconscious person um bring brings them back and um you know, drag them into the car but i do love the song is called moving me mm. which i think is like yeah you know, just like a, another classic little bit of comedy that's been chucked into this episode and yeah like we're kind of starting off with a little bit of comedy at the start which is great they do that a lot i feel like it's yeah they often use a lot of songs that if you listen to the lyrics i mean we talked a lot about that in nip tuck that they kind of you know the surgery songs generally had something to do with it yeah um so they kind of they do that here but i love it they just get what this bike lock thing and like tie him up 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But this is what I really like about this episode. Like, I mean, I'll kind of spoil where my ranking is going to go at the end, but I don't think this is as good as last week's episode. But at the same time, like, it's still entertaining enough because I just like this back and forth of, like, what the fuck are we going to do with this guy? And again, it just feels realistic. Like, this is, you know, panicking. Things are going wrong. Like, this was never part of the plan. We've now got a guy where basically we're going to have to flip a coin for, right? <laughs> Which oh, I love Jesse and his coin. The coin's sacred. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, you know, Jesse's got a pretty decent basement to keep someone down there. He's got a toilet in this basement, which I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, my auntie's house has got like a, like, it's almost like meant to be like a spare room on their, in their basement type area. And there's a toilet down there. So it's, well, I, I have seen something similar to that before. Well, it's a big thing. And I don't know if it's a Canadian thing or it's just a Victorian thing, but most houses here will have a basement suite. Like this is a, a common thing that you will rent out the basement suite. And when I first moved here, I was living in Mallory's grandma's basement suite and we had our own bathroom toilet. The only thing we didn't have was a kitchen basically. Um, yeah. whereas a lot of like Mallory's mum right now lives in a basement suite. It has everything, kitchen, bathroom, you know, you, you rent it out. That's basically what you do. So maybe Albuquerque were planning on doing this, but they didn't. So they kept the shitter down there or something. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's obviously going to be an important, um, site for um, this entire season really as the basement in Jesse's house is going to be where a lot of really important things happen. Um, mostly revolving around crazy eight. Um, but yeah. And so, I mean, I guess we, we just have missed one scene out, which is Skylar kind of using Jesse's number to track down his website. Um, yes, it's just yes. a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, like that's just a, it's just going to cut up what is quite a large scene between Jesse and Walt, because that's going to be like the majority of this episode is like, what are we going to do with these two people? And, you know, it's very, clear that Emilio's dead we we established that that we've definitely got one dead body and then we've got one living person that we don't really know what to do with so um yeah it's quite interesting to kind of um you know like the kind of tease out exactly what they're going to do over what what is like quite a large scene like in the middle of this this episode um and you know like yeah you've, you've kind of alluded to some of the things you're already about they're using that bike lock to secure them around the neck you know to the, the pole in the middle of the basement um which is really cool and um you know they've decided they're going to dissolve emilio and acid which is um going to be like a really critical part um and then somebody's going to the other person's going to kill emilio so it's basically who's going to do what job from here on out right and so we have the the flipper coin scene like who's going to get what um but i do love that the actual shot of the coin flip it's actually mm. a really cool little shot there as well um and um yeah i think it's a real kind of um i know vince gilligan's not the director of this particular episode but um you know i, I do i do think that um you know, his influence is obviously really, really strong, even when he's not the director as such. And and I think just like little shots like that are probably things that he is probably quite a big fan of, I would say. Um, and yeah, so you see quite a lot of, um, I guess probably one of the things you see a lot of is like POV shots. Like oh, yeah. they'll be talking about something, you know, like an object and you'll see, you'll see the discussion from the POV of that object. Um, and, you know, the, the coin flip's not exactly that, but it's kind of that first thing of like, whatever we're talking about, we're going to focus on that and show the characters how, and how they're relating to that. So um, a lot of those kind of camera angles, I think are, are you know, some really interesting choices on that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I love the, the POVs like this and my iconic ones that I can think of in the show. It just it makes it unique. And, 
you know, like a show can or a movie can, you know, experiment with things and they can be great and they can be terrible. You know, they, they can definitely go the other way. But I, I, I fail to ever find a complaint in the way you kind of have these unique type of shots and everything. Mm-hmm. And just something as simple as a coin flip. You know, that's, yeah. You know, I guess it kind of comes down to like, I we want these characters to flip a coin. How are we going to make this dramatic? Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, they, they do it in a way that it, it works. Yeah, and you know, so this kind of sets us up for the next pit, which is that you know, Walt loses the coin flip, and his his job is to kill Crazy Eight, whereas Jesse's going to go to the hardware store and get the equipment. What would you rather do, dissolve. Nick? I have to interrupt you and ask you: Would you rather kill someone or dissolve a body? Um, I think probably dissolving the body is the more preferable option. I would say, like you can disassociate yourself from what you're doing. I suppose a little bit as to actually killing somebody would be a pretty hard thing to do. I would imagine. Well, doesn't Jesse say like it's just a bag of meat? It's just a bag of meat. And I guess yeah, at the end, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, if you're tasked at killing someone, you're also going to have to dissolve body. So like, kind of, if you get the killing yeah. someone, you kind of have to do both anyway. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. Uh, that would have been a better deal as like i'll do the killing and you dispose of both bodies like yeah yeah i think like jesse got a really good good half of the deal there i reckon and i love him in the hardware store when he's like yeah, trying so to get into the thing yeah like yeah. you know and also i love the intersection with walt when he's basically like got the knife and he's like okay maybe i'll do this or like he's got the hammer and he's like <laughs> like maybe i'll do that i remember watching this with and mallory's like when you see the plastic bag like oh i wouldn't do that like i wouldn't do the plastic bag i'm like but that's like literally the easiest way to do it. Like you know, like you think about it, like it's there's going to be no mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what is it, what is it in Nip Tuck when what's the face kills herself? Like a bottle of pills, glass of milk, and it's like you're in heaven. Uh, so yeah. like yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah. Help, help, help him out here, Walt. You know. Yeah. 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 It's um, you know, it, it's kind of like this this really interesting thing about having to deal with this whole problem is the longer they leave it, the worse it's going to get, yeah. you know, like they need to do it now while this guy's still unconscious because he is going to regain consciousness. And then what happens at that point onwards, you know, like if, if Walt was to just go ahead and do this right now, and we know from having watched this episode, at least that, um, you know, like he doesn't do it straight away and that's going to come at a cost to him, you know? Um, whereas if he'd just, yeah, if he, even if he had gone and taken the hammer, you know, could have just done it really quick there and then, and it, there wouldn't have been such a problem. But I think also it's important that they do drag this out because like, I mean, I sort of mentioned about how like, I forget that in the very first episode he kills someone, but like, again, it's, it's that argument. Like, it's not like he just picks up a gun and shoots someone. Like I, I remember like the very first episode we ever did on the Oz network, we did the movie, the sixth day. And you basically take Arnold Schwarzenegger from being a suburban dad and like within five seconds, he's okay with killing people. And like, like this is what makes this so good and realistic is that like legitimately, if you're put in this situation where you know, the only thing you can do is to kill this person, like 99.9% of humans are going to struggle with this and go like, they just can't do it. Like, you know, and this is like, if you just have Walt go down and kill him, like you're gonna like okay well who is this character clearly he's evil like you know you need to have this struggle for two or so episodes to kind of show that this is fucking tricky because again we're all going to be doing this any normal human will be feeling exactly what Walt's doing right now and that's really important for the show right because like um you need to feel this kind of gradual loss of humanity um if it just feels too sudden then that would never have worked you need to feel like this is a hard thing for him to have to do um but for him to also realize that there's no way out of this like they can't let this this guy go you know like that's not that's that's not an option um and this is the thing that we're kind of struggling with with 
this whole episode is that you know Walt knows what he has to do, but he certainly is not yet in a mindset where he's able to do it. You know, you know, it's a shame that they're not in in Florida here because they just needed to go buy a bunch of ham and tie it to you know <laughs> put it in the Everglades, right? Like fucking Christian and <laughs> and Sean were on this in the first episode of Nip Tuck, like you know, <laughs> smiling even as they go through the uh, the supermarket checkout. Exactly, exactly. So we kind of, you know, like as Walt's thinking about what he's going to do and trying the hammer out for size and the gun and things like that, um, kind of goes down to the basement and um, Crazy Eight's awake. Um, so he's kind of missed that opportunity to do it while he's still unconscious and potentially an easier thing to do. Um, and then, you know, we kind of get this kind of funny scene where, well, I think it's pretty funny anyway, where he's kind of like sliding the water and the food oh, to him. I love it. And, and kind of like the sandwiches are going to be quite a big part of, of you know, the next episode in a bit, really. And I just love, like, you talked about the humor before, but just, like, the way you kind of got, you got the bottle of water, sandwich, then you see a bucket, a the toilet, toilet roll. Paper, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And, and then this hand sanitizer, very topical in 2021. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, just, I just love the way it kind of is played off. And, again, like, you talked about, like, Breaking Bad not known for its comedy, but, like, it's just, it's just done in a way that, like, you've got to laugh at this scene, but it's not done in such an over-the-top way. Like, again, Nip Tuck, we're always going to compare it to Nip Tuck, but, like, there are so many scenes in Nip Tuck where it's clearly done for laughs and it's almost, like, forced, like, you've got to laugh at this scene. Whereas this, it's just kind of like, okay, like, it's, it's funny because, you know, he's going to have to shit in a bucket and at least he's going to have hand sanitizer, though, to clean up after his poo hands, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like this whole thing, I, I really like this next bit where kind of Walt's just like stressed out and so goes and tries to find Jesse's weed and, and, and get stoned. He doesn't know how to roll the, the joint and things like that. Like it's, yeah, again, like this episode is like surprisingly funny. Like there is just like a lot of it is just like this kind of quite fun comedy. Um, yeah. And, and it's really, you know, Jesse kind of comes home and he hasn't been able to find the bin that's large enough. Um, you know, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's all just like these two are just kind of like these kind of like two clowns that just don't know how to get the job done really you know the ironic thing i just realized that in the scene when he, he pushes the hand sanitizer towards crazy eight if breaking bad had been made in 2020 they would be making hand sanitizer not meth because they'd be making more money off it so yeah. <laughs> um just need to point that out too but yeah I, I love it when jesse comes home and he's like you know first of all like oh dude like my ex chemistry teacher is getting high and then he realizes it's like he's own son he's like well just make yourself at home <laughs> can i also just ask walt like schools like did he call in sick like i mean you know is this the weekend like is this ever established well i mean do they do ultrasounds on the weekend probably not so that's a good point yeah yeah, I mean, we're assuming this is all in the same days. We're in the same clothes, so it makes sense that it's probably all in the same day. I just called him sick, I'm guessing. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to find out that Skylar will find out about the whole um, quitting the, the car wash soon. But, um, yeah, like, it's kind of, I don't know. And like, But this is the thing, too, going back to our point about Skylar, like, if you, you, your husband's missing for the entire day, spends the night somewhere, like, and calls in late, because you see, like, Walt, like, oh, fuck, I've looked at the time, you know, late for an ultrasound, like, you're going to be raising questions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing, like, um, yeah, it, it's really hard to feel 
completely against Skylar. Like, and I and I do think we kind of get it. Like, I I think it's literally just a pacing thing that people just get pissed off because they want this the show to move on. But Skylar's kind of holding the works up a little bit, and I think that's kind of like a necessary part of the show. Like, Absolutely. I think when you know, I think when you know where everything's going, I think that kind of um, like hating a character online is such a weird thing for me to do because like the character's written as the character's written, and and you know like a show that's as good as this, it's going to be for a reason. They're not just making her some kind of nagging bitch just because you know they think it's fun you know like there is a reason for it um and what needs to have foils in order for this to be an interesting show um and you know like uh, i think you, you could probably argue pretty comfortably that his foils get more interesting as the show goes on but we're we're talking small fry here at the moment and you know the, the first thing he's going to have to deal with is explaining to his wife what he's up to and trying to lie to her and hide from her and, and things like that so you know it kind of totally makes sense within the context of this second episode of this first season and let's not beat around the bush. Skylar's not going to be completely innocent in this entire series. She does things that you have a right to dislike her. One thing in particular I can think of, like you have every right to dislike her for what she does. But yeah, like it's it's the little things that people criticize her for. And um, it's actually interesting. I've seen a few interviews of Anna Gunn talking about it. Um, and she doesn't really get it either. But, um, you know, I guess everybody loves Walter White, right? So, you know, yeah. But I think she got probably like, you know, one of the first kind of types of what trolling i suppose you'd mm. say like um yeah like that was you know kind of one of the very first times that kind of happened online i guess and like that's the other quite interesting thing about this show is that it's timed around about when twitter starts to become a thing and facebook starts to become a thing as well right so you know these actors are starting to get hate for a character like in a way that they never would have you know even five years prior to you know like they're not hearing that directly from fans john hensley was fucking screwed if nip tuck had um twitter and that going on around it right like poor matt jesus (laughs) he might have got a lot of fans though like who knows maybe the mime mime community might have uh <laughs> do, do mimes actually type though? Like, or do they still have to be a mime? Like, is that talking? If they're tweeting, it's a really good question. Like, we need to Google that. Are mimes allowed to type? <laughs> yeah. Are mimes allowed to tweet? Is that? Yeah. Is that... <laughs> but I think like mime, mimes not like mimes just a job it's not a way of life so like it's not like a monk like they are allowed to actually have to like when they're off when oh. they're off they're allowed to still still you know talk and hold up banks and <laughs> i just i still i still want to take this moment in time to realize that matt turned into a mime um we we know that's how walt and jesse would end up in a couple of years after this right from meth to mimes that's that's the common thread of a meth addict we know it happened with matt so you know just 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 hashtag never forget is all I'm saying. From 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 meth to sleeping with your sister to <laughs> yeah. we're just like while while we've got a new audience here listening to to Breaking Bad, we've just got to you know, hype them up on Nip Tuck. Go um, back, but... listen to Nip Tuck. Hashtag poor yeah. Matt. Let's bring it back. John Hensley was a great guest on this show to talk about that. Yeah. So we we get this uh, this this next scene, which is which is Walt at the school, and I'm not sure this has any particular point other than that we're kind of getting the point that he's not really thinking about what he's doing. He's more his mind's elsewhere, right? Is that kind of like all we're getting out of that school scene? It's really quick, so I think it's just like a a, a kind of a joining scene as much as anything else. Well, because he's having like those, he's like thinking, and like, I think it's yeah, like it's kind of he's he's guilty because he, he he says like stop it, like and you know everyone sort of looks up, and I always thought this was the scene when he's writing the list, and maybe he's writing it, but you don't actually see the good and bad list until next episode, which I love that list. Um, but yeah, like kind of just him just going like stop it. You know, he's like, oh, stop in 15 minutes. So, 
it's just it's just that mentality the struggling like and again going back to my point that any regular human if you're forced to kill someone this is how you're going to be so yeah. um yeah. whereas jesse's kind of like it gets pawned off almost as a bit of humor because like you know they're they're fighting and it's like jesse's obviously going like why haven't you done it yet and then he's basically walt's kind of like well you haven't dissolved the body yet and then we're going to see jesse obviously right now smoke some meth and fucking go and do it and that's what i love like the lines when jesse's interpretation kind of just does things and always ends up doing the wrong thing it's just like it's just a bag of meat it's just a bag of meat whereas like walt's older mature you know more intelligent and kind of he's calculating it more whereas jesse's just fucking i'm gonna get high and I'm going to take this bag of meat and I'll do it in the bath because nothing could clearly go wrong. Well, I mean, Walt's, um, sorry, Jesse's reactive, right? Like yeah. reactive, get rid of a problem, you know, like just get it, get rid of it. I don't want to have to deal with it. Whereas Walt wants to think through the ramifications. That doesn't always mean that Walt makes a better decision. Mm. Um, but generally speaking, you know, like he will think things through a little bit more than Jesse does. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, so we cut back to Jesse's house and, and this is where he decides he has to move emilio's body um you know like and so like he's kind of yeah. <laughs> so can't hear that name and not think of a night at the rock three Emilio! Emilio! <laughs> it's been a while since i watched that movie great movie but, uh, but yeah and so he's um you know he's kind of he needs to move it from the rv and this is when skylar shows up and i've got this question mark about how skylar doesn't smell emilio but uh <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll, you know like we don't need to get too into the weeds on on all the details here but you know this is this kind of fun scene where you know like um than she actually does and you know like it's this kind of awkward confrontation which is kind of like what life is like a lot of the time you know like two people are arguing about different things but i do love the fact that you know he's kind of like in the middle of dragging this body like that he's kind of like taped up it's like yeah i just think it's really good and i love both of like the acting here because like as you said kind of like they're both playing off each other like you know talking about one thing what's the other but like i particularly love like anna gunn how she's like you can tell she's so nervous like i'm gonna confront this kid but like i don't want to do this and she's just like don't touch me don't touch me like stay away from my husband stop selling him weed because yeah that that's what walt said right walt's basically lied and said like oh i go and smoke weed um so that's why she's here but I, but then even then i love like fucking aaron paul doing this jesse thing when he's just kind of like yes i'll stop selling him marijuana you're right i'll okay then you you can go now like it's just I love this awkwardness of these two conversations where they have no idea what either one's doing, but they just somehow <laughs> solve the issue. Yeah, yeah. And again, going back to cool camera angles, there's, there's one where basically it's like just from behind the body, like you can just see the feet like sticking out of the, you know, from behind the car and like Skylar's like only like two or three feet away from it. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, it's just a, another cool little camera angle that I think works really, really well. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as you say, that confrontation kind of ends and, and then Skylar leaves and we get Jesse dragging this body up the <laughs> stairs, which looks like really hard work. Um, so maybe I'll take it back. Like maybe killing somebody's just, just physically easier. Like if I have to do this, if I have to drag somebody up a, a flight of stairs, then maybe I won't bother, especially when he drops it and it kind of like <laughs> slides back down the stairs. It's like, it's really good. <laughs> but I like it because when he goes into the RV, like he, it's obviously stinking. Cause that's, you know, what isn't it this episode where Walt's up, we've got a problem. It's getting hot outside, you know, this body. And yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, yeah, I love it when it slides out. I think it kind of would have been funnier. Like if like a leg broke off or something like that, as he was like, you know, pulling it up the stairs or something like that. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, God, this is, you know, neither one of these options is great, but I mean, you know, at least this guy's dead, I guess. Um, 
Yeah. I, I do like the, again, another cool camera angle from below the bath when he like oh, kind yeah. of slides oh, the body Oh, that's great. Yeah, and you see the liquid pouring on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, it is just... Um, like to me i just find this all really interesting you know because like it's clear like jesse just hasn't listened to walt at all because like he talked about you need to have a certain tub that's got a certain thing on it that'll hot you know like it won't corrode yada 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 and like that's the only thing we can put this body into and this is why i'm sending you out here and like jesse's just like i need to solve this problem i need to you know i need i need to solve this problem now so i'm going to put it in a bathtub like i don't care i've just got to get the job done but does does he say like because, you know, we get this line when we, the, the bath thing happens um, and then kind of like Walt's explaining about how, it will, you know, we needed this tub because it's not corrosive. I, I feel like Walt doesn't specifically say right. why you can't, like, put him in the bath. Like, I feel because, like, and like, like I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, Jesse's got to solve it. But, like, like again, it's kind of at that point where I think, like, Walt, I think, assumes he knows why they have to get the plastic tub. But Jesse doesn't. He's the type of person who needs that extra level explained. I'm Jesse in this situation. I wouldn't have had a clue. Like, why can't we just do it in the bath? Mind you, I probably would have asked that. Like, why can't we just do it in the bath? Because it will corrode the the bath. But um, well, to be fair, I've done uh, more than my fair share of DIY jobs. Nothing involving disposing of a body. (laughs) Um, But where I've uh, just rushed into doing it and um, regretted not actually just thinking each step through in a slow fashion um so maybe i might have done the same as jesse if i'm being totally honest with myself yeah no i would have but definitely yeah yeah and i mean yeah hey i mean this this next bit's just you oh. know, pretty awesome um i think probably the thing that we we maybe just forgot to explain um with the whole um skylar and jesse confrontation is obviously she she mentions about hank um and you know so obviously when um when Walt arrives back at Jesse's house, Jesse confronts him about, you didn't tell me you had a, a brother-in-law that's yeah. in the DEA. And, and that's be- going to become a bit of a sticking point. And, um, and, and yeah, and then we kind of just, we get this whole thing of Walt comes home and they talk about what's happened with the body and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, and, you know, Walt goes to investigate, they walk into the hallway um, and, you know, there's stuff dripping out from the ceiling and, <laughs> um, and then the whole body falls through the ceiling um and you know like there's nothing i can say that is really gonna do this justice you kind of just have to watch it you know like it is just one of those scenes that it, it sticks with you once you've seen it eh? like it's just it's just so disgusting like everything about it is just so gross um but it's just it's done so incredibly well um yeah i i, I, don't, I don't really know what else to say it is just you kind of just have to watch it Top top five, like I mean, nominating like I, this has to make the top five of this season. I mean, this is just like epic. It's just so good. I would even say this could make the top ten of all moments in this show, and there's some pretty epic moments in this show. But um, yeah, I mean, again, as I, as I said plenty of times, this sold me on this show. Like this is just jaw drop, like holy fucking crap, and it's literally a guts falling through a ceiling. Um, but again, like I feel like I'm in Jesse's mind at this point. Like I didn't realize this, like this would happen. Uh, and like the first time you watch it, like unless you're a scientist, you're probably like, wow, okay, that makes sense. But I also then love just the, the practical effects of this, the way it falls through this blood. And you kind of got this like, what is it? Like the torsos? I don't even know what part of the body that is. And yeah. then you kind of see some entrails fall down, a bit of bone, um, like just guts. And just their reaction, the way they're just kind of like looking and they're just staring. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just... Yeah. And the thing is, I always think this is the end of the episode. I always think it's like cut to credits, but then we've still got one scene to go. So like, I mean... Yeah. 
somehow they can take this epic scene and not end the episode and it still works perfectly as like a somewhat ending of the episode yeah yeah and you know it's um like there is there's a there's an expression that that um brian cranston does which is kind of like this like jaw drop um and it's kind of hard to explain but it's not like a shocked jaw drop he kind of just like he does his jaw drop and then kind of like looks at jesse and then like delivers his next line like with his jaw dropped and it's just like it's something you see a lot of from brian cranston like that particular expression that i think just works really really well um but i just like the you know like we talk about skylar being a nag but you know here's walt kind of like just like the old the i told you so of this to jesse afterwards you know like i think is is really funny too as well like he's a bit of a nag to jesse as well oh, God, yes. so, um but yeah i mean it's just it's just such a phenomenal scene and you're right like the practical effects of this are really really cool as well like it just it just turns your stomach just to look at it you know like it is really really cool um and this is a show that kind of um you know like maybe one or two scenes like this a season maybe a few more but you know like it's not like ever it's not like i'm trying to think of an example of like maybe game of thrones is the example where like every episode is just like horrific gore you know to shock you like there is shock value in some of in a lot of scenes in game of thrones it's just trying to be like horrifically gory just for the sake of it in my opinion whereas this like it saves those really really gory moments so that they're more impactful i believe like they actually just like when they happen it just like makes your jaw drop and there's lots of them this is a real trademark of the show that when they choose to get gory it's amazing you know and, and it stays with you whereas you know like i know that there's heaps of good se- scenes like this on game of thrones but they they wash over me they, they don't really hit me in the same way as this does yeah and again i never watched game of thrones but like i mean i used to sometimes like i'd see it was trending or it'd be on a news website and i would just see why and you'd kind of see a scene or you know whatever yeah happened. yeah and it's like i mean again let's bring it back to nip tuck like we kind of got to a point where nip tuck it's like okay well necrophilia tick incest tick like it's kind of it gets to the point where it is going over that way but yeah you're right like this show kind of i can think of many moments in this show where you draw like wow you know jaws like that and i mean it's rare to think about that like um I, I I always think of I don't know if you're a House of Cards fan, but there's there's one episode and scene in House of Cards which to me is one of like the most jaw dropping moments in all of yeah. TV. Like I'd never seen the UK one, so I had no idea what was going to happen. It was, I rewound that like four times to even understand what just happened. Um, and I mean this, I would say this maybe isn't as shocking as that, like in terms of just the the impact it had. But like this is still an amazing scene that just like you are like holy fuck, um, yeah. and like yeah, the top five of this season, potential top ten, and just um, yeah, incredible. Yeah, and I and I think it's just that it's not a staple of the show. Like it's, um, I mean, the other example for me is the boys is like this. Like it's just ultra violence, um, which is really cool, and it's a trademark of that particular show, and it works in that show. But this here, I think, if you had a scene like this in each episode, or even every second episode, I just don't think it would be. And we get, you know, like the next the next episode coming up, we get something that's, um, you know, just as shocking, but in a very different way. It's kind of like, you know, it's you don't get the gore that you get with this like this is gory and it's just like it is yeah but it just it works it's it's really really cool and it is like one of those things of when you say oh have you seen breaking bad and like oh yeah i remember that bathtub scene like it is one of those kind of scenes that people just always think back on and like if i'm to think of right now epic scenes that i automatically remember okay there's one scene i will admit in breaking bad that i rewound like just like i did in house of cards um and it may be a finale. There may be a character dying. Um, like, like fuck, like that is just epic. Um, 
and there's also something to do with an ATM that I often will like, whoa, like, what, <laughs> what was that? Um, so there's definitely a few that come about, but um, yeah, bathtubs. I always, I always thought this was in the pilot. I think whenever I always think back about it, I always think this is the ending to the pilot. But um, I mean, it would have worked in the pilot, but I'm actually kind of glad it's not at the ending of the pilot because it kind of, you know, it, it, it leads on to something different in the second episode. If this had been in the pilot, it would have been, I think, a different, you know, you're just going all the way out to, like, fully sell you on the show, whereas, yeah, kind of calm this down over two episodes. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's quite clever pacing, really. I mean, um, we talked about the last episode, the pilot being well-paced and well-edited, and you know, it feels like a tight kind of, you know, synopsis of what the show is really all about. And um, I think you could start cramming as much in there to kind of grab people. And I think probably in this day and age and, you know, the Netflix era, like you do try to put all your best stuff in that first episode because you want people to come back and click next episode. Right. Um, but this is a different type of show and, and kind of, you know, having those moments that kind of come out over several episodes. And I generally think that the, the pacing of this first season is excellent. Like they, you know, you get those kind of good moments and like that whole thing about somebody saying it's a slow burn. I, I find that quite hard to understand because I think that there's some explosive moments, literally sometimes in this first, ep, um, first se- series, um, that just like, a, yeah, like they're just jaw dropping, you know, like they're really, really good. And so I would say slow burn, I definitely wouldn't consider it that. I think probably what people are calling a slow burn, what they actually mean is it's lower stakes at this point. Like I think, you know, which sounds crazy because we just watched a dead body fall through a ceiling, but you know, like in terms of, um, you, you know, like it, it is just the, the stakes aren't nearly as high as they get to in season three, season four, season five, you know, like it, things just, which is natural, you know, things keep amping up as the show goes on. So at the moment, we've got two characters, um, you know, the stakes are fairly low. There's not money involved yet, but things will increase. And so that's probably, I think, what people are talking about rather than a slow burn, because we've just watched, a, a you know, a half decomposed body fall through a ceiling. That's not slow burn to me. Taking out the Mythbusters element that this has kind of been busted, but like it's just it's grounded, it's realistic. You you know, this is kind <laughs> yeah, of what yeah. you think everything. And like it's interesting you talk about like that and kind of how it goes a certain direction moving forward. Obviously, at the time of uh, us recapping Breaking Board, we're Breaking Bad, we're recapping Twenty Four, and you know we talk a lot in those episodes about how like the first season of Twenty Four is kind of you know establishing these characters, you know, understanding who these people are and basically with the character of Jack Bauer, who goes on to be one of the greatest television characters in ever. Shut up. You're, you're wrong if you think it's not. Like, you, you can't have the Jack Bauer that you're going to be doing, like, fucking chopping people's heads off to get evidence and just doing random shit in the rest of the seasons if it isn't for the first season and establishing mm. his family and kind of, you know, what he will go to to get the job done. So, um, you know, you watch season eight of 24 Jack Bauer to season one, like, this is the same character, but he's developed to the point where he's just, you know, kick-ass, you know, taking numbers you know doing whatever he's doing whereas yeah like this is literally uh walt has what he's two days into his meth building empire like i mean you know he's not he's not asking you know who's the one who knocks and say my name yet like he's just barely being able to cover up a guts filled body falling through a ceiling yeah 
yeah absolutely and so yeah i think it just all feels right it feels like a natural progression from the last episode so yeah it does all work look we could talk about the scene all you know for hours really like it is just so cool um but i think it does speak for itself it's as you say it's you know we can mark it in as definitely a top five for for this season there's absolutely no question about that and it will probably be quite high on our list when we get to um you know recapping all those scenes from all the the episodes it's it's going to be right up there because it is just one of the most memorable but not just memorable and you know um the one that people think back on but also well executed it's you know like it, it still looks effective the practical effects are really good the responses from the actors are really great um it feels earned you know so yeah i think two episodes in that we've already got something this good kind of speaks really high where we're going so we've got just one little um scene that kind of finishes off the episode which is um back at tahajali and we've, we've got these these young kids who are playing out in the in the desert and um discover the mask um which is kind of the the kind of um little cliffhanger that we've got going into the next episode um so it's a it's a nice little way to finish the uh the episode i think um kind of sets us up for where we're going next and i think that's really kind of um you know, while each episode builds on the last for sure, I do think episode two and three are kind of two halves of one episode, really. Mm. Um, and which is we kind of alluded to with the actual title names, um, which kind of makes sense. But um, you know, we kind of we go into that stuff in the next episode, so um, it, it does feel um, appropriate to me that we have a cliffhanger at the end of episode two, even though it's quite a small one. I mean, it's 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 definitely not a cliffhanger where you're like, ooh, like it's just it's literally a little girl finds a mask. You're like, okay, well that could be problematic. Um, you know, you, you're not like fully like, oh, like holy shit, but like, yeah. And I mean, it's it's just done in a way that you know it's like, okay, cool, whatever. But yeah, I mean, you again, you could have ended this episode in the guts and it would have been fine. But you know, you got just a little throwaway bit, and yeah, as I said, as you said, sorry, it, it leads straight into kind of yeah what we're going to have next week and kind of tying up. Uh, you know combining these two episodes yeah yeah so it's uh we're actually at the end of the episode um which it, it feels like we've kind of covered this quite quickly really but um it, it's a reasonably straightforward episode that's kind of a, another building block episode i think probably these first three four episodes are, are really maybe five episodes are kind of doing all that kind of heavy lifting doesn't mean they're slow from my perspective in any way but i do feel like they're pretty straightforward you know they are kind of moving from scene to scene um with a little bit of that kind of throwback and and um you know back and forwards on the timeline but um for me i think it's um you know i'm, I'm quite happy to go first this time around and it, it's a buy for me it's a it's another nice episode um it, for me it doesn't reach the heights of the first episode so if we're going to rank them this would be number two of, of two episodes but um you know it's still a really really solid episode it's an easy to watch episode kind of builds intrigue and suspense so you kind of want to come back and watch the next one which is what any good episode of a tv show should do um it, so yeah it, it, it's got all the things that i really like about the show got a fantastic memorable scene but also some great acting but one of the things i think is a real hallmark of the show that's often forgotten is that comedic element that kind of cuts through the tension sometimes you get some really great little comedic moments here and some some really cool little acting moments too some cool camera shots so um there's nothing to dislike about this episode so easy to buy for me yeah no i'm, I'm with you 100 percent buying for me and similar to you i'm going to rank this at number two um so it's last it's the last episode of uh, breaking bad because it's terrible um but <laughs> yeah. obviously two episodes in it is going to be last but um 
yeah, I mean, there's 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 nothing wrong with it, you know. And and I, I'm looking here, you know, I mentioned last week some of these sites where they're they're ranking them, and kind of the three that I've got up here, they've got it all in a very similar position. So Vulture, The Ringer, and EW. Uh, the Vulture has this episode at number 33, so about the halfway point. Uh, the Ringer has it at 31, which I think is the halfway point. And then EW has it at 44. So, um, yeah, kind of middle-of-the-road episode, which, I mean, this is a great episode. If it's a middle-of-the-road episode, then clearly we've got some pretty good quality episodes still to come. Mm. Yeah, and um, the IMDb rating is 8.7, so it's um, a, a 0.4 slide from from the the pilot, which kind of feels about right, I think. Um, yeah, it's it doesn't quite reach the heights there, but still a great episode. Absolutely agree with you, Nick, I, and IMDb as well. Did Nick Tuck ever have an episode over eight point eight? Like I don't know if I. I don't know. Really... We'll, we'll we'll find that out and and keep the keep the audience updated next time because I'm sure they're very interested. I know. Um, Breaking Bad and Nip Tuck fans are very similar. <laughs> I think you and me might be the only ones in that Venn diagram. I think I, it so. might literally be you and me. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We'll take it. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, is there a Nip Tuck actor that finds a way into Breaking Bad? I don't think so. Right? Dean Norris is the only one that I can think of. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. I forgot yeah. he was on. Yeah. I mean, Gian- Giancarlo Esposito was in an episode of Third Watch and that was one of the worst episodes of Third Watch. So, <laughs> I mean, there's that. Um, still, we still like, we never found one actor that had been in Lost 24 and Third Watch. So I, right, we're not right. going to find a five-way actor who's been in like, no. you know, 24, Third Watch, no. Lost, Nip third watch like i i think we got plenty of two out of threes like there were plenty yeah. of you know third watch and nip tuck but not lost and other yeah. way around but yeah i i wonder if we can kind of go through the oracle of bacon and find uh maybe somebody's been in four out of these five shows that yeah. we're covering yeah you know yeah so. yeah and we definitely need to get an interview with them yeah absolutely like you know yeah <laughs> no, that's cool and so um yeah we're gonna we're gonna um, move into episode three next which is um in the bags in the river um which i think is a really cool episode and um is intense like really intense um and you know like you can't look away from it and kind of the way that you know you got the scene here that you kind of you want to look away from because it's so gross like the next one has this kind of scene that you you want to look away from but you can't it kind of draws you in i think so Mm. um really really good and you know like we we really start to lay some foundations for who walter white is as as a human being in the next episode i think and get some good hank next episode too i like uh uh, hank's little uh outage with um with walt jr uh kind of oh yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, yeah yeah, no, it's 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 great. Yeah, and the sort of the stuff you'll get between Walter and um and Crazy Eight is really good. Like it's mm. just just some really great television. Um, and again, as you're right, you just you're drawn to it, and it's it's, it's a conversation. Like that, just it's just two people having a chat, but you just can't stop watching. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, another. I think we mentioned that we might not be bidding anything anytime soon. I don't know if we're no. renting anything anytime soon. Well, I think the other thing too is we do we do start to build some more layers of of Walt in the next episode because we get a few little flashbacks to him, you know, pre Breaking Bad times as well. Um, mm-hmm. Back when he was, um, you know, like um, not a, a kind of failed man or whatever you might want to call it, but you know, like um, back in his prime, I guess. And um, so it's interesting to kind of see that other side of him even in flashbacks. So yeah, lots to talk about in the next episode as well. Which I'm excited that uh, I get to host my first one next week, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> Yeah, we'll let you do that. 
Yeah, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, you can host all sixty-two if you want to. Like, you know. <laughs> no, I don't think I've got the chops for that. I've got to, I've got to, uh, I've, I've got to let the uh, the Heisenberg of of um, Oz Network have a few. <laughs> Say my name. <laughs> well, until then, um, we'll we'll leave you. But um, thanks very much for listening. Um, really hope you can um, follow us on all the usual social media networks: um, Facebook, Twitter. What else do we do these days? I don't even know. Fuck, we're probably on TikTok by now. I don't know. Um, I don't know TikTok. I still just think it's a Kesha song. You know, I'm. I'm but apparently, have, it's a thing have, the kids use. So. Have we got a website with milfs? Uh, yes, of course we do. That's how Excellent. we get our listeners. Milfs, milfs, milfs. That's, that's our website. Milfs, milfs, milfs. dot com. That's where you get to the Oz Network. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. Right now, if you're, if you're under the age, like if you're a kid, do not type in milfs, milfs, milfs. dot com. You may get in trouble from your parents. <laughs> Okay, well, until episode three, uh, my name's Nick, and um, what I need for you to do is climb down out of my ass. Oh, goddammit. (laughs) My closing. Um, My name is Ben, and I don't have another quote. (laughs) See you later, Biatch. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes Yes, sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.